0: Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. We had a great, great week this week. I trust you liked the snow and the ice and the rain and all the things we had. It was all wonderful. Praise the King, praise the King, praise the King. We just need a whole lot more of that rain to fill up these lakes. Well, they're all so low. We need lots of water, praise the Lord, but thank you Jesus, He's sending it in smaller quantities, well, slowly but surely. We had a great week this week. We went out to GLC Tuesday, and when I walked in, Cheryl was asking me for the last two or three weeks, I've been in agony of what I'm going to teach on, you know, this time. And she said, I mean, I've studied and read and listened to more scripture in the last three or four weeks. I mean, wow. So today we get ready to go. She said, well, what are you going to teach on? I said, I don't know. (laughs) She said, you mean we've got to make 15, 30-minute shows, and you don't know what you're going to do when we get out there? I said, that's right. I still don't know what I'm going to do. This is the first time this has ever happened to me. First time that I've always knew what I was going to teach on before I got there, but this time I didn't know. So we went. We walked into the studio that morning. We got up, and we started to the studio, and she said, well, has God given you anything yet? I said, not yet. (laughs) Now, I can let this be pressure, or I can just say, God, this is your business, and I ain't sweating nothing. Now, that's that's kind of the way I was taking it. I said, Lord, (laughs) I'm going to be patient. I know you're going to do something. We walk in the studio, and we walk up there, and Ricky's a programmer. He gets everything done. All the cameras are set up and everything. He says, what's the title? I said, Lord, I've got to have something now. <laughs> I said, Lord, I got we, we, it's down to the wire. I've got to have something. And bam, he gave me a thought. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I told him what the title was going to be. He said, is it going to be part one and two? I said, no, this is going to be part one. So we sat down there. And it was 20 minutes till 10, whenever we started the first show. And the shows are just a little less than 30 minutes. Each show, just a little less than 30 minutes. We did that one, another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. Changed titles several times. And by 4 o'clock that afternoon, we had 10 30-minute shows finished. By 4 o'clock that afternoon. Next morning, we came back. We started again, and we did five more by one o'clock or about one o'clock and then we got home and headed home and, and had a had a great trip home. So you know, don't just trust God. You know, I mean even when he comes down to the wire, what are you going to do? You know, hey he's not concerned. He's not concerned at all. He knows what he's gonna do, but you and I have got to learn to trust him. You know I could have panicked. It would have been real easy for me to have panicked you know, thinking, God, I'm going out there and i got to make 15 30-minute shows and I don't even know what I'm going to teach on. I will have to say, I took a stack of outlines, that's all,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't go without something, you know, but I thought, Lord, I don't have a clue what I'm going to do. But anyway, we've done the shows and of course the second day when Ricky, the program manager, picked us up that morning to take us out there, he was telling me about one of the young men that worked there and how the enemy beat up on him and and, and how people you know, run him down all the time and everything. And so part of one of my shows revolved all around this boy. He didn't know I was talking to him. But Cheryl said she knew it because you know, she was in the car with that morning. But I talked about you know, who we are in Christ and what we can do as sons of God. And all, when I got through with that show, he said, man, that was a great show. I thought, it was just for you, son. I did that one <laughs> just for you. But praise God. Well, the one today is going to be just for you. Just for you. Praise God. So thank you, Jesus. Now then, I know we've got some people that's got some testimonies. I I don't want to cut you short there. So who's got a testimony you want to give today? Somebody already told me they had one they wanted to give. Anybody have a testimony you want to tell me? Oh, this young lady, praise the Lord, she's got one right here. Amen. Step up here where they can see you. You're short anyway.
2: (laughs) Well, praise the Lord. I just wanna say, Abba, I love you and I thank you for giving me this testimony. And praise to his son, King Jesus, and thank you for your lovely, lovely Holy Spirit. The Lord answers prayer and he is just so gracious. I've been praying for my grandson, he's seventeen months, and his name's Jesse Austin and before he was born, when he was in the womb, and the Lord knew him all that time and dedicated him to the Lord. Now he's 17 months. And Christmas time, I got him one of these little veggie tail videos that some of y'all may be familiar with, especially if you have children, grandchildren. And this one is Gideon and the Tubal Warrior. And in it is a little sequel about George Mueller. And George Mueller was a mighty man of faith, wasn't he?
0: Yes, he was.
2: And in this segment, it shows how he is praying and having faith for feeding his orphans. And the orphans pray. Well, my little grandson, as I'm watching him, he's playing around and running around the room. And he'll stop a minute and watch the video a little bit. But every time, the moment he hears George Mueller, he will go up to the TV He either sits down or he stands there, and it's just intense. He watches it from the beginning of that segment to the end, and he's done it. And other people, my husband's witnessed it, my son, who's also prayed for him. It's the Holy Spirit. And I just praise God for that because he's just really in tune with that. And I'm believing he's going to be a mighty man of God. And then the other prayer that I started praying two weeks ago and asking the Lord, if he would help my mother, who is all bound up by Satan in many different ways. And she's in a nursing home, and she's 86. And I said, Lord, we've tried so many ways to witness to my mama, and we've prayed for her for so long. Would you please send, I hate to ask you to send one of your saints, but would you please send one of your saints to be a roommate, to directly witness to her, somebody you know that's going to really be that witness she needs. Well, this last week, Elizabeth came in and Elizabeth is a lifetime missionary, and that's her roommate. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. 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 Here's another precious lady, daughter of the king here. Sandra, tell us what Jesus Thank you. I
3: just give praise and honor to the king of kings and to Amen. the Lord of lords. He's a great and mighty potentate, the Holy One of Israel. And I'm going to make my story short. I was doing the inevitable, you know, flipping through the radio stations, and I came upon this man's program. And I listened for a while, and then I stopped listening, and I listened, and I kept being drawn back to it. So uh, I decided I'd come to a service, and I did. And when I came... Yeah, I just felt the love of God here and was comfortable. I'm a Christian. I've been going to church all my life. But what I heard was the Word, and the Word was feeding me because I had gotten to the place where, you know, God, if this is all it is, let me validate my ticket and move on, you know what I mean, go back to what I was doing because I was really in, you know, I was in need. Uh, As a matter of fact, I was dying. Nobody I knew knew anything and they didn't teach faith. Not like this. And uh, when I came, I started hearing the Word and feeding on it and got prayer support from, you know, different ones, and that was good. But I didn't see the healing. I wanted it right away. But like I told you about two months ago, he was knocking my training wheels out from under me. Amen.
1: Yeah, he'll do that to
3: you, right? Because I was coming from prayer every time I came, I was up here with prayer, 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 prayer. And God wanted me to stand on my own, get the word in me. And so I started listening to the tapes. And the one that ministered to me was that that this is not for wimps. And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Not for wimps, all right? And, you know, you kept telling us something that's blocking it. Well, there was. It was doubt and unbelief. Because I didn't believe the word. I'd read it and look at it and read and look at it, read and look at it, and it wasn't doing anything. I got mad at God.
1: I mean, y'all
3: do too. You're asking it for something and it don't come through, I know you're mad at it. <laughs> Praise the
4: Lord. Glory to God. But
3: he Lord. told me when I did my-
0: Lord. Thank you for healing Sandra. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory and honor and thanksgiving. Glory to your holy name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to see lots more of those. Praise you, you, Father. Praise you, Lord, and thank you. Thank you, you, Lord. Ah,
4: This is what we're praying for. This is what we're praying
0: for.
4: Everybody in here wants a miracle. This is what you've been praying for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Thank you, Lord. We put you first, God.
2: We put you above our
4: families. We put Thank you Lord, above our jobs. We put Lord, we you above our needs. We put you above our healing. We put you above our own life, God. We put you first,
3: God. We put you first, Father. First above everything.
4: First above
3: everything. You're first,
4: God. Put you first, God. Thank
0: you, Lord. Thank you for healing Cassandra Sandra Dunn. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for Sandra's complete healing.
4: Lord, we we praise you and thank you. Glory to your holy name.
0: Oh, glory.
1: Yes, Lord. We give you
0: praise and glory and honor and you, because you're the King of kings and Lord of lords and and God of God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Lord, we thank you. We We thank you. We thank you. We We praise you, Lord. Kill,
5: destroy. You restored
4: our marriage, Father. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody in here's got something to be thankful about. And if you oh, don't, man. if you don't, ask thank the God. Lord to show you why. Yes, you right. gotta thank
5: Lord. You. I got to be thankful that He's given me my life back. Yes, yes He has, yes. and I yes, thank Lord. you, Jesus. I Amen. thank you every day. Amen. Yes, thank, thank you,
0: Lord. Thank, thank everyone
5: you. Every one of you in here's got something to thank you yes, about.
4: Yes, Lord. Everyone, if you don't realize it, start asking. to show you. And he'll show you. He'll show you. He'll show you. Every one of you's been touched by the Lord.
5: Amen. Lord, thank you, we thank you, God. Father. Yes. We just praise you, Daddy. Yes, Lord. Lord, we yes. intercede and we pray all the time, Lord. Yes, Lord. We, Lord, we know that you're a God that sets yourself apart from all other gods. And yes, since the beginning of time, Lord, you've proven yourself by time and yes, wonders and miracles, Daddy. Yes, so, Daddy, when we see them, Lord. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us not jumping up and down and screaming. Yes, Hallelujah. Lord, you, Hallelujah. You, we want more yes, of we, we want more of We want more of We don't want it to be an exception. We want it
4: happening every day, Lord. Yes, Lord. We Lord. want everybody in this room trying to fight us to get up here to talk on this mic, to yes, say, listen to what happened to me this week. Yes, Lord. Lord, Lord, reveal Yourself in Your people. Give them a burning desire to seek You, dad A hunger, Lord, for You, Lord, and Your Word, dad yes. Father, give them a desire to consume your flesh and to drink of your blood, Daddy. To be filled by your spirit daily, Daddy. Every
5: day, Daddy. Oh, Lord, we praise you and we worship you, Daddy. We thank you for this miracle, Daddy. Yes, Lord. Oh, Daddy, thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you. Lord. Thank you Lord. Now, Lord, I just intercede. I intercede, Lord. We just pray for each person in this house. Yes, Lord. Daddy, we pray for you. Y'all. y'all don't realize it, but we pray for few people. We pray for y'all, and we ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you, to fill you, and to use you. Every one of you in here, we pray for you, we intercede for you. And now, Lord, Father, let your blessings come upon them, Lord. Let every person in this room be touched by you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, a new revelation. Fresh wine, Lord. I ask you fresh wine for each person that came today, Lord. Every person in this room be touched by your Spirit, Lord. Every person in this room does. be touched by your Holy Spirit. Fill him, Lord. Fill them, Lord. you, In the name of Jesus. Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Holy Spirit, fill them Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Your words, your spirit, and they are life. Life of them day. Life of them day. Life of them with your spirit. Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May it be sealed with your
0: blood now, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Every person in this house. Yes, Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the King. Glory, glory, glory. Glory.
4: Glory. Try to follow that, huh? (laughs) I think
6: there's an open heaven right
0: here. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
6: Um, Some of you know I've been praying for my daughters and their sons. Uh, It's an ongoing thing. And I I was saying, God, this week, you know, I accept everything you've got. I want you to open that storehouse in heaven, and I want everything you've got for me and my family. And so he started taking me through my family. My daughter out in in Beverly Hills this week, my grandson that's 12 that has birth defects, sang in the choir at Beverly Hills High School. Now that is is a miracle. My daughter has Crohn's disease, had Crohn's disease. I'm believing that she doesn't have it anymore. I had people pray for her. It's been a month or two since she had any bleeding in her from her throat to the other end. And so I'm believing that it's permanent, that it's healed. Um, my son-in-law is employed.
3: <laughs> Praise the Lord.
6: Had <laughs> a very good job. My other daughter is just still in the drugs of a terrible divorce. And uh, her son has beat leukemia twice. He gets straight A's in school. He's got he's getting therapy. Uh, he's overcome a lot in his being able to walk and everything. And um, he said, for the first time in his life, when he goes to get visitation with his dad, that his dad, it plays with him, talks to him. It's it's kind of sad. That it had to be that way. But I'm just thankful that he said, finally, my daddy takes attention to me. So God just took me through my life, and he thought, you know, look over the bad things, but see all the good things that he is doing. For my grandson to sing in a choir at a high school in Beverly Hills, that is awesome. So he is working. It's not maybe the way you think, maybe the time you want, but he's not slow. He's right on time.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Praise the King.
7: I have a funny little note. I came last Tuesday night for service, and um, just before I got here, (laughs) I see Tom sitting over there laughing about this already. Just before I got here, as much as I enjoy hearing uh, Thurman speak to us, and uh, even even listen to his tapes at home, his CDs and so forth, and, and getting all I can out of him. but just before I got here Tuesday to night, I thought, Lord, when am I going to be able to hear Ty speak? <laughs> and I came on in, and Thurman wasn't here, and Ty spoke, Amen. and he got up here, and the first thing he told us, he says, well, he says, I had a message I was going to give you folks tonight but uh he says the lord just led me a different direction i'm going to i'm going to teach on something else and then so he spoke just for me that night amen. his whole message was right to me and those of you who were here if you didn't enjoy it i'm i'm sorry that i led him into a different <laughs> message <laughs> but i think most of you did All and right. then at the end we had another demonstration of praising the lord just like we had a few minutes ago amen and it just blessed everyone
0: amen praise the king glory 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 Another one come in here. Praise the King. Come down here, young lady, and tell us what Jesus has done for you.
8: Well, I just wanted to share. um, My ex had not let me see my kids in six years, and um, Pastor Thurman had prayed. It was a couple of years ago. And little by little, the Lord, you know, He wouldn't even let me talk to them for so long. And then little by little, the Lord opened the door so I could begin to talk to them. And then um about a week ago I was able to see them for the first time in six years. Amen. Praise and the Lord. so I just want to praise the Lord. He's, he restores all things. Amen. Sometimes it's not in our timing. Amen. And sometimes you have to wait. Amen. But he's a good God.
4: Amen. He is. Yes, and he yes.
8: loves us all. Amen. And just like I don't know, some of you might have kids that are off in places that you wish they weren't just like moses he his mom had to send him away she had no control over how he was brought up but god is so good even if they're brought up in a situation that is totally ungodly he says that if that if you turn to him with all your heart, his covenant is, he will not let the word of the Lord depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your children or out of the mouth of your children's children. And he'll raise your children up to be godly men and women of God.
0: Amen. Praise the King. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise the King. Glory to God. Praise the King. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Praise.
1: Uh Uh-oh.
0: What happened?
8: Well, I got married on December 31st this year. Oh. And um, it's all because the Lord... Gave me faith to believe. Um, I had heard, heard a tape. It wasn't Thurman's tape, but God <laughs> speaks through many of his people. Sure he does, absolutely. And I n- never had faith to believe um, for a husband. I thought, well, maybe God doesn't want me to get married. Who knows if I'll ever get married again. When I was married the first time, I wasn't a believer. And I didn't marry a man that God would have wanted me to marry. <laughs> And I heard this tape, and he just mentioned a few scriptures, but it was enough for me to realize, whoa, God planned marriage. He wanted marriage. He doesn't want man to be alone. That's why he created Eve. If he wanted people to be alone, he wouldn't have created Adam and Eve. And for the first time in my life, I thought, God doesn't want me to live the rest of my life alone, and I had the faith to begin Believing, And I read over some of the scriptures in Ephesians um, about, um, you know, the man should love his wife the way he loves his own body and cherish her. So I began praying that the Lord would bring me a man that not only loved him, but would love and cherish me. And the Lord bought me a, I wish you he were here, he's back in Colorado, <laughs> uh, the most... Wonderful husband. He loves the Lord with all his heart. Um, he He's a worshiper. He plays guitar, and I love to sing, too. Um, they sang
1: in their wedding to each other. It was awesome. Praise the Lord.
8: Yeah, we, a, a, a song the Lord gave me. and Like, before I even met him, the Lord gave me a, a song. Um, and so I knew in my heart he was the one. Um, maybe I should share that. Just, just a minute.
0: God is good, isn't he?
4: We want to hear it. Sing it to us. I want to hear it. Come on. Rest,
8: rest, my child. Put on. Yeah. <laughs>
6: about the smallest of things,
1: hey, even no, the I'm things good. that we
6: wouldn't uh, ask him to fix for us. The other day, I got this excruciating pain in my left wrist, and I was driving, and I was annoyed, and it continued throughout the afternoon, and it just wasn't going away. So I was, okay, well, I was in the snow, and I wasn't wearing gloves, so it's probably that. It will go away, and it wasn't going away. And... I just got fed up with it, and I rebuked the pain in the name of Jesus, and it poof, just, the pain exploded on my wrist, and it went away the same second.
4: <laughs> it was the great. Lord.
0: That's what belongs to us as the children of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, goodness. Let me tell you a quick testimony before we get into teaching. I uh, had a wonderful thing happen. Uh, I guess it was Tuesday morning, I guess, uh, we, before we could get getting ready to go out to GLC. Uh, I get voicemails you know and, and they hand me stickers to pray for people all the time so this one guy he wanted me to call him so i called him and uh, when i talked to him he said sir he said i'm so glad you called he said i'm he said, give me his name he said i'm 42 years old he said i am in excruciating pain he said now i have the worst back problem he said i'm down i can't do anything he said i've heard him he said my wife and i've been listening to your teaching for about a year and said, we have repented of every sin, known and unknown. And he said, we've changed everything we used to do. He said, I didn't realize the importance of walking holy before God. But he said, I do now, because what you've taught is the truth, and I've checked it out in the Bible. And he said, I have repented of everything, but I'm still down. I said, then all you need is a man of faith to pray the prayer of faith for you for your back. And I said, you've met him. I said, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you. I rebuked that pain, commanded him to leave. And asked the Lord to be merciful merciful to him and completely heal that back. I said, now thank you, Lord, it's done. I said, you agree with me, brother? He said, of course I do. I said, then get up and walk. Now see, this is where we, he said, what? (laughs) I said, sick people stay in bed. Well, people get up and do something. I said, get up. You've got to put some action to your faith. I said, get up and do something. So he starts getting up and all of a sudden I hear him say, it don't hardly hurt at all. It hardly hurt at all. I said, you're healed, brother. i got to go. i got to go to GLC.
1: <laughs>
0: Hung up the telephone. We got back Thursday afternoon. Had a praise report from him. He's totally, completely healed. Going to have a pain of no kind. He's going to do anything he wants to do in the name of Jesus. But while we were out there, I was, Al, he was me, I've got to give you a copy of this CD, this show we made about, called Three Smooth Stones. Now, I'm going to make some copies of that and give them to you all, because I watched it the other night after I got back, and it's about three Muslims, three guys that were terrorists. I mean, these guys were trained, and I'm not going to tell you the testimony about all of them, but only one. That way you watch the CD uh, or DVD. But one of the men was a terrorist raised up from the time he was a little child. He was taught how to kill Christians and Jews. He said, they taught us that the Christians and Jews were mean, wicked people, and they're out to kill us, so we've got to kill them first. And this is, what, this is what he was trained up to do. He said, I believed all that. He said, they taught me that Allah was a God, and that most people went to hell. You didn't get to go to heaven. The only people who got to go to heaven with Allah is that you had to die a martyr, and then you get to go to heaven. If you didn't, you had to go to hell first. I thought, boy, what a God. I'm glad I don't serve a God like that, aren't you? But anyway, he said, they taught us all these things. And, of course, you don't know. You know, they're teaching a lie, and they don't know the truth. So he said, I became a terrorist. And I forget now, I think he was 20-something years old, 23, or five or whatever. I forget his age. But he said, I came to America... And I said, no, I'm not sure he was in America. I where he was. Anyway, he said I had a wreck in a car and it turned sideways and an eighteen wheeler hit me right in the door and said, knocked me out, throw me right in the mud puddle, and said it all but kill me. And he said, I'm crying out to Allah and nothing's happening. Allah, I got to have some help. I have been a faithful servant. I've killed people for you. I think he said he'd kill two hundred people for Allah as a terrorist. He said, I've been a faithful servant of yours. I've got to have some help. He said, nothing happened. Nothing. He said, they came and a man walked up and told me, he says, uh, don't worry, it's going to be okay. I'm a Christian. I'm going to get you to a hospital. He said, I thought Christians come to kill me. He said, this guy's going to get me to a hospital. So he said, he takes me to a hospital and a doctor walks in and said. I'm a I'm a Christian doctor. And don't worry, I know you have no insurance or no money, but we're going to take care of you anyway. I'm a Christian. He said, "This ain't lining up with what I've been taught." He said, "They take care of me and nurse me back to health, and when I, my doctor bill gets so high, I mean, the, the doctor finally he told which doctor he said the doctor said we can't leave you in the hospital any longer." Because there's no way that the hospital's going to take it with the bill you've got. So he said, I'm going to take you home and let you live in my own house until I nurse you back to health. He said, now I'm telling you, these guys that they told me were Christians, he said, this don't line up with nothing I've been taught. Does this sound like a good Christian? Sure, this is the way we live. As Christians, we take care of one another. We love each other. He said, I got nursed back to health. But he said, in the process... Something happened to his arm and his back and I forget what all and he said, I just couldn't get this healed. I may have some of this out of proportion, but you'll see it when you get it. he said, I'm crying out to Allah still. Allah, God, you gotta heal me. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't go do I can't kill for you no more until you know you do you heal me. And he said, I heard a voice as loud and as clear as I can hear my voice right now. He said, Why don't you call on the God of Abraham? He said, I thought the God of Abraham and the God of Allah was the same. So he said, I fell on my knees and said, the God of Abraham, I need your help. If you're real, I need your help. And he said, Jesus Christ appeared before me just like that. And I knew it was Jesus and he touched me and I was instantly healed. He said, let me tell you, I ain't a terrorist no more. I'm a Christian. Is
1: Is our God doing
0: some awesome stuff? I've got to make some copies of this DVD and there's three of these terrorists that are on that set that night giving these kind of testimonies about how they're going back into the Muslim world and teaching people about Jesus Christ because these guys have seen or received a tremendous miracle from our King. I'm telling you, when you can be a Muslim, just think, God loves that man to the point he killed 200 people. And then God healed him instantly just like that when he cried and called out, on the name of the God of Abraham. He said, the God of Abraham appeared right there in front of me and said, I knew it was Jesus. I knew who it was. He said, it just, I just knew it. Well, let me tell you, folks, if you hadn't got down just like Paul and when and was jumping up and down screaming and you know, that's what we need to do a whole lot more often. You know, we need to worship the King. The King is the And He does so many things for us in this place. He heals so many people. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing that... I don't know, I do not know why there's so few men teaching the truth of the Word of God today. I don't know why. I don't know. I was raised up in a church and I didn't see it. But all I'm doing is teaching you what this book says. And this book is bringing forth great and awesome miracles. Now, before I get into the teaching, right here's a CD back here. Dick and his companion, they've made these CDs. He used to play the organ here or the keyboard here for us, and he's a beautiful player. And they brought a box of music back there. They're free. If you want them, you know they're right back there, and they're great. And what are you trying to show me, honey? Right oh, we got some of them right there. Okay, some right there. Was there something back there in the box too? Yeah. Okay, but anyway, this this CD, everybody ought to know Jesus. <clears throat> they're free, and their music. Dick and his companions made them. So before you go home today, pick up one of those. Uh, he he made another one one time before, and I listened to that thing. No telling how many times in my car. It's beautiful music. They play beautiful. Now then. Go to your Bible in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and praise you that you're the King. Jesus, you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, I worship you and praise you and thank you because, Lord, I think about when I walked up to that set Wednesday morning. He didn't have a clue what I was going to talk about. How you performed a mighty miracle of God, and we did ten and then five the next day without a glitch, without a problem. I never had to think what I was going to say next. It just, your words just flowed out of my mouth. And Lord, I want to thank you and praise you that you're the King of kings. And the Lord, if I can get out of the way, you can do great and mighty things. So Father, help me to do exactly what the Scripture says. Help me to die every day and let you live through me. Then we can get some things done. Father, I want to thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, Amen. I've got to tell you another little praise, report, or testimony or whatever before I get into the book of Ephesians. After having all that glorious thing happen, you think, well, Thurman never has any problems. You know, God just loves him and does special things through him. Well, after all that and everything, and, of course, we flew out there. Some of you know the Lord's given us a beautiful little twin-engine airplane. And we flew out there, and we had a perfect flight out there. coming back. We're on the way back, and the weather's great. And we're about uh, 20 minutes out, I guess. Uh, I get up to 7,500 feet and it's a little bit of bad weather this way, a little rain, and you know, and the, a little bit of lower visibility, but we're still good. And we're flying along and I think, I have no sweat, i got this big beautiful 15 inch uh, uh, GPS screen in front of me, it shows everything, I mean, I can see airports, airspaces. I said, well, this, you could never go wrong. We get about 20 minutes out and then it goes dead, dies. I said, okay, Lord, I tried to reboot this thing, tried to do everything. And it won't work. I can't get it back up. And I said, "Okay, okay." And Cheryl's always screaming, "Pray, pray, pray!" She's <laughs> <laughs> not screaming. time to pray. Have you prayed yet? I said, "Yes, honey. I prayed. So I said, "No big deal. I got another computer in the back. I brought a second one for a backup." So I thank goodness that the autopilot is working beautiful because. I had to leave her in the front seat, and I had to crawl over in between the seats to get back in the back. And, of course, I had left the computer in the floorboard, put all the baggage on top of it because I didn't plan to need it. I had to crawl over in the back, move all the baggage out of the way, get the other computer out, and bring it up, crawl back up in the front seat, get back in the seat. <clears throat> Ty did that on me one time. In his. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. I kept saying, Ty, get back up here in the front seat. You don't need to be in the back. But anyway at least i was a pilot you know so but anyway we i got the computer up there i plugged it in turned it all on booted it up and everything and it came up more beautiful of course you know we're we're doing 200 miles an hour and you know and by doing 200 miles an hour in 10 minutes you go a long way so whenever this thing comes back up and it comes up on the screen it comes up and shows me that i'm about 8 or 10 miles north of track and I'm right in a, a Shepard Air Force Base airspace that I'm not supposed to be in. <clears throat> I'm 7,500 feet, and it says the max altitude you can be in that airspace is 6,200. When I saw that and I showed Cheryl, I said, we're in the wrong place. She said, are they going to shoot us down? (laughs) I said, no, they're not going to shoot us down. I just need to descend about 1,500 feet to get down to 6,000 to get out of their airspace because we don't want to get run over by a jet up here. Well, these guys, fighters, you know, fly, (laughs) I don't want to get run over by one of them. And so we started down. Of course, by going down, we're doing now 230 knots ground speed. You know, it's pretty fast, you know, and so you cover a lot of ground. And so I think everything's okay. Thank you, Lord, that I brought a spare, especially when I look ahead of me and the weather. Of course, this one don't have weather on it like the other one. So I think, okay, Lord, I can see the weather. It's daytime, so I don't have nothing to fear. We get about Possum Kingdom Lake, and that one quits working. That's when sure sheriff said, honey, what have you done wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what have you done wrong? <laughs> it, it does look like that, you know. I'm glad I've been loving her gently and kind. I'm glad she didn't say, well, you had not been loving me, right? You know, <laughs> at least I've been good to her, you know. So I think, I, I think Lord, what is going on here? And so I, I tried and tried and tried to reboot this thing. And then we get, she said, you need to call Dave. Well, I'm 20 minutes out, you know, and that 200 miles an hour, you know, you're covering a lot of ground. I tried to call Dave on my cell phone, and it said signal faded, couldn't get him. So when we get closer, I I had a little VFR GPS, which don't have a movie map or nothing on it, and I dialed it up, and it gave me a direct to the airport we were going to, but I knew that went through Elias' airspace, so I thought, okay, I'll make a little left turn here and veer out about 10 miles to make sure I miss that real well. And by this time, the weather had deteriorated and I'm now 1,500 feet and the clouds are right above my head and everything. I'm still legal, you know, but we're flying along there. And then I notice a little airport that I know very well. And I thought, thank you, Lord. I know exactly where I am now. And uh, I go on around that little airport and then I line up on the run. It's raining, you know, so... I line up on the runway and, of course, we're coming in and I'm doing, doing about 80 knots uh, right over the fence with full flaps and everything in the wet weather. And I touch down and I think, okay, Lord, I found the airport everything. Beautiful. It's under. I got it under control now, Lord. Thank you. And we touch down and I touch the right brake and it locks just a little bit and we're sliding down the sideways, like this sideways at 80 knots. And Cheryl even hollers out a little. And so, but I bring it back around in land, and when I got there, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I said, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I need your help till I get this thing stopped, and then I need your help on the way home. <laughs> do you get that idea that Jesus, he's letting me know, hey, I, you, I'm here, son, if you'll depend on me, but if you think you got it, we'll see how good a job you can do. Well, I found out how good a job I can do. Not too good, but with him, we made it. So it was a very interesting trip. (laughs) Very interesting day and everything, but I can't imagine I had two beautiful GPS's and both of them failed. Never had this happen before. I mean, we've gone all over the country. Never had one fail. Never. This time, both of them did. So anyway, we got home and I prayed over them, got them both fixed and everything's working good again. So, and I learned some good stuff. And one of the things I told Cheryl, I said, now see, this is the kind of trouble you get in when you have a wonderful guy like Dave to go with you that sits in the right seat that does all the computer work, it just tells me, "Tell me, you need to make a heading change here. Or he even turns up the radios for me, puts the ride free. All I do is just push the mic, talk, and fly the airplane. You talk about getting spoiled. You know, you get spoiled. But, you know, on this trip, I had to do it all. You know, and whenever the computer failed, I didn't have time to fly the airplane and do all this other stuff until I got home. And I thought, well, I wished I'd have had Dave with me on this trip. See, but, you know, it's amazing what you can do when you've got a blessed man of God or a woman of God with you to help you. Is that true? That's why we need to depend on each other. You know, so just like as we're saying here, no man is an island. And yes, God puts all of us to the test. He puts me to the test in different ways, but he puts me to the test. You know, after having such a beautiful 15 shows, I think, Wow, God, we're really something here, aren't we? Oh, we said a little pride getting in there, huh? Let's see what you can do by yourself on the way home. (laughs) Okay, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. (laughs) I know y'all are just like me. Just like Sandra said, y'all do the same thing. You know, we're human beings, right? We need to realize that God wants to be God of everything in your life. But He's given us great things. Now, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to start off here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints, which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, who did he write this to? He wrote it, to the saints, which are in Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're a faithful one in Christ Jesus, today, if you're serving God, you're obedient to Him. This letter for you. Amen. But if you're not faithful and you're not serving Him, He's going to stop up your ear so you don't hear. Because just like Sandra said a while ago, you've got to hear the Word and believe it. Hear it and believe it. Now, if you hear it and believe it, you will be healed. Now, if you continue to walk in your sin, God is going to blind your eyes and your mind to these wonderful things. You're not going to be able to do these miracles, or these miraculous things you know, that God has given you. And He's given you this. But until you become a faithful son or daughter of God, till you get rid of all unbelief, when you start walking in faith, till you start walking holy, when you start reading the word and having a quiet time with him. If you want to see God do something, I'm going to tell you. but right here'd be a good place to interject another part of Dave's testimony when Dave, after Dave got miraculously healed of an incurable lifelong disease. It took him two years, and in the process, when he got healed, he's asking God, God, why did it take me two years to get healed? See, he's standing on the Word. He's quoting the Word. He's coming to church every Sunday. He supposedly loving God. But he went to the Lord and said, Lord, why did it take me two years to get healed? You know what God told him? I don't know you. I don't know you. You don't have a relationship with me. Well, God, I go to church every Sunday. I tithe. Lord, I, I do. I read your Word. He said, no, you don't. He said, "Yeah, you do a little." He said, "I healed you just because you were persistent and stood with it for two years. I healed you." But he said, "If you had had a relationship with me, it would have healed. Your healing would have been much faster." Of course, his wife, about that time, had their first baby through all this, and she's uh, and you know, and they had all kinds of complications. I mean, you cannot imagine what it's like to be in a hospital room when you're trying to walk by faith, and a man and woman that's got healed, he knows the power of God works, and he's trying to walk by faith, and here they're trying to have this baby at home, and they had the baby at home, but the placenta would not come out. I mean, here she's bleeding, and now we, got, we finally give up. You know, we've we prayed, we've done everything, and she's not getting healed, so they finally the determination. Uh, do you know where a hospital's at? I said, yes, I do. Uh, he said, well, can you meet me at somewhere? And I told him where I'd meet him. I said, then you follow me? And we drove speed limit all the way to Denton to the hospital, got up there and went in. This doctor's looking at her, said, well, you know, yeah, it didn't come out. You've lost a lot of blood and all this kind of stuff. But he says, you know, we might go in here and, and do a DNC, scrape the womb and all this stuff. We might get that thing out, you know, maybe not. If we don't, you know, we'll try to pull it. If it don't come out, then we do a DNC. If that don't work then we go in there and do a full hysterectomy on you. And when they said that, I said, that's it, that's it, that's it. I said, I ain't listening no more of this nonsense. I mean, I jumped up bold as a line. I said, Doc, I have authority over this thing. I said, in the name of Jesus, Cheryl and I are going to turn our back because the Lord told us not to look upon another woman's nakedness. I said, you're going to pull that thing out. You're going to get a hold of the thing and you're going to pull it. And in the name of Jesus, that thing's coming out. And he said, well, okay. So we turned our back. And he got a hold of that thing, and it came right out, everything. And he said, man, I'm going to take you with me to everywhere I go. He said, when you pray, it works. And the blood stopped and everything. But Dave was on his knees that day, crying out there, God, my wife, he might die. Lord, what's the deal here? I mean, here's a man begging and pleading God. A man that's in church. A man that's serving God. And God says, I don't know who you are. You don't have a relationship with me. That's why your wife had such a tremendous time of her delivery. So he said god i'll take care of that problem lord if you want to tithe i'll say if you want to tithe of my time i'll give you 2.4 hours or more every day i'll read your word i'll pray i'll talk to you and for the next two years they did that i mean they you gonna help me do something he said i can just as soon as i get through my quiet time i feel like an hour and a half of my quiet time then i can go with you so he, he spends that time with god well they she got pregnant again and had another baby had it at home the little guy at six thirty in the afternoon. I'm getting ready. Cheryl and I was getting ready to go to dinner. I said, "Yes, she. How you feel? Oh, I feel great. You know, she's about this big." I said, you feel, "How's you and the baby doing? Doing great. We know it's due any time. I feel great." So Cheryl and I go to dinner at six thirty. Get home at ten thirty. Walk in the door, and Dave said, "We got a baby girl." I said, "Well, praise God." I mean, she said, "Yeah." Right after y'all left, I decided to call the midwives. And by the time they got there, it wasn't but like an hour, hour and 15 minutes. The baby was there, hardly no bleeding, and everything was done. Placenta came right out. And see, the difference, this time the daddy had a relationship with the king. And when his wife had a baby, the guy says, no problem. I can do a good job delivering that little fellow. That little girl just come whooping out of there, you know, not near as much pain or nothing. And she's a beautiful little girl. And, of course, she was a little tiny thing. That's why she didn't have no pain. She only weighed nine pounds and six pounds. Something like that. I think that's what it was. Nine 9'6". Yes, nine six. Just a little bitty lady, wasn't she? Woo, some of you girls her to think you'd have to have one that weighed 9 pounds and 6 ounces. Some of you know how bad a 6 pounder hurt. Well, let me tell you, if you've got a husband that's got a relationship with God and that he walks in obedience to the Word of God, then you can do this. And then this little girl's just growing and doing good. But see, Dave now has a personal relationship with the King. Hey, now, then, you may say, "Well, I got a personal relationship with him." You know, you know. Since Dave's running, he said, every time somebody calls, that's got a complication or a problem. You know what his first question is? What is your quiet time like with God? Do you have any quiet time with God? Well, I don't have time to spend time with God. I do go to church on Sunday when I have time. Forget it. You don't have a quiet time with God. You don't have a relationship with the King. So that's why he don't answer your prayer. Now, if you want God to answer your prayer, I'm going to show you what is required and what He's given you. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to show you some of the things God has given you, but you don't know it's yours. Just like I read this chapter for years and didn't know these things were mine. But he says here, Paul, an apostle to Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So if you're a faithful son or daughter of God, this message is for you. And if you don't get nothing out of this today, then you need to change something. I'm going to tell you for sure, because you're not one of the faithful. Then he says, grace be to you, those faithful ones, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you living in peace today? Are you at peace with yourself and with the world? Praise God. If you are, then probably you're one of the faithful. If you're not at peace and you've got all kinds of complications and all kinds of problems, and you're depressed and all those kind of things, you're not walking where God wants you to walk. You're going to have to change some things. Because he promises these things. Then he says, listen to verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about what he's saying now. Blessed Paul. I can see Paul when I read this standing on the hills of Ephesus with both hands raised saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Who has blessed us with a few little spiritual blessings. How many? did never he didn't leave none out, did he? Bless be the God and Father, who has blessed us, the children of God, the faithful in Christ, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All spiritual blessings belong to you? Well, good grief, and what are some of them? Most people have no idea what the spiritual blessings of God are. I want you to turn back right quick in Romans. Or, uh, yeah, turn back to Romans chapter 10, and I want to show you one of the most powerful, absolute, magnificent, wonderful spiritual blessings. Now, how many of you know this book is spirit and truth? If this book is written in this book, is spiritual food. So he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings, so every blessing that's in this book is a spiritual blessing that's written to you if you can believe it and receive it as a son of God. Now look what he says here. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with all these spiritual blessings. But Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what does it say? But what does it say? The Word is near you. How far away is it? It's in your mouth and in your heart. The Word of faith that we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you'll believe in your heart, the Father raised Him from the dead, you will be What? Saved. But that word in the Greek is this word. Sozo. Now, what does the word sozo mean? Those five things. Saved, healed, made whole, delivered, and preserved. There is five spiritual blessings that automatically became yours if you know it, if you can receive them by faith. But what does it say? The word is "nive." Just like Sandra was telling us a while ago, she had to get that personal relationship with God and she had to start speaking out of her mouth. She had to start believing the Word. See, you know, just like she said, you you may have not picked up on this a while ago, you know, here's the way we are. We're all just like Sandra. When she said, you guys are just like me, she's absolutely 100% right. Here we are living our life, doing what we want to do, no quiet time with God or very little, going to church once in a while, you know, not realizing how important it is to love and serve God. And all of a sudden, because we are not doing what He tells us to do, cancer comes upon our body. We never think to ask, why did cancer come upon me? What am I doing wrong, God? Am I eating wrong? Am I not exercising right?" Have I got a grudge against somebody? Am I spending quiet time with you? Am I not spending quiet time with you? Why did this sickness come on me? So, okay, I hear there's a healing minister over here at the Living Savior, and there's a couple of guys down there and their wise that pray for people, and God heals them. So let me run over there and let them lay hands on me, and I'll get healed right quick, then i go right back doing what I was doing before. Hey, that's not the way it works, is it? That's not the way it works at all. And we don't teach you that. We teach you you've got to come over here, and you've got to repent. You've got to turn from your wicked ways. You've got to start walking holy before God. You've got to develop a relationship with the King. Because guess who's not the healer? Me. I am not the healer. I mean, Cheryl last night was praying for people. Or I mean, was talking to people after uh, there at the restaurant. And, of course, one of the men there, a world-class champion sports guy, come down with a problem. This guy don't serve God. He don't serve God at all. I was out there one night, and Cheryl told me, said, honey, you know, he's got a bad back and he can't play. He was a world class sports man and he's played sports all his life, done all kinds of wonderful things in sports, but now he's down in his back. So, would you pray for him? I said, Sure. I walked up and I said, Are you a Christian? And yeah, yeah. You go to church? Well, no. <laughs> you know. Well, I understand you got a bad back. Yeah. Or shoulder. Yeah, that's right. It was a, a rotor cuff or something in his arm. Couldn't hardly move his arm. I laid hands on him, I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And guess what? God healed him. He's totally, completely healed. You know, Cheryl told him last night, Said, let me tell you, you didn't get healed because you have any faith, you're doing anything right, but God healed you because of my husband's faith. So that's exactly why you got healed. said, he's walking where he's supposed to. You're not, but God heals you. And he said, well, you know, my sister, Thurman prayed for her years ago, and she had cancer, and she got healed. said, Thurman healed them all. Cheryl said, no, Thurman didn't heal none of them. That Jesus that he served, he's the one that healed them. But you know, whenever you heal these people in the name of Jesus with all these different things, all of a sudden they have to realize, just like this man, this Muslim, when he cried out to the God of Abraham, and Jesus appeared and he was instantly healed, he said, Let me tell you, Allah, he kicked that dude out the window. He said, Whenever they tell me now that said, I used to hear this all the time, Allah and the God of Abraham was the same God, so it's not a big deal. But he said, now I know that's a lie. And when he sat right record on that television set, and I thought, you know, that, that show is going into all of the Arab world. I mean, every, I mean, GLC is now covering two-thirds of the earth, and all of the Arab world is being covered by GLC. All of it. It's in Israel, you know, it's in Iraq, Iran, everywhere. We're on television four to six 30 minute programs a week all over the world. Who would have ever dreamed we'd get to do that? So when I said and said, you know, if you're a homosexual or a pervert and you're gonna die and go to hell, <clears throat> ain't no telling who's gonna hear that. You know, ain't no telling. You know, if I sit up there and say, You know, a Muslim a Muslim, if you're a Muslim, you've got to know that Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and the only Lord of lords, because Allah is not God, and Muhammad was a false prophet. If I say that on one of my shows, and GLC is the only television network in the world that I know of that will let you say that on their set. TBN won't let you say it. Daystar won't let you say it, but GLC will let you tell the truth. Did you know TBN? As much as I love TBN, they throwed off some of the most fantastic teachers because they was condemning the Muslims and they covered the whole Muslim world. And they said, no, we don't want you talking about that. And then they throwed them off the set. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell the truth. And I, I don't fear no man. I only got one to be afraid of, and that's the king. You know, if I don't tell what God says, He could say, okay, if you're not going to tell what I want, I can take you out, son. It would be real easy for me to make one one little thing, I could fix that airplane where it just fall out of the sky and you and your wife both could be instantly killed. You're just not going to do what I tell you to do. I don't need you. Somebody said, God wouldn't do that to me. Let me tell you. I'm telling you, I know a man, I won't call his name, but I know a man a few years ago, when I think about what she said about George Shuler a while ago, I think about another man that ran an orphan home with a bunch of children and he was a great man of God. But I remember a few years ago when a certain man wanted to be governor of the state of Texas. And he was with four other men in an airplane, and he was a pilot. They were going up north somewhere, and he stood right there on that platform with a camera right on him. He said, I'd rather be dead than to see that man as governor of the state of Texas. And they got in that airplane and took off, and all five of them men died that day in that airplane. All five of them. And that man became governor of the state of Texas. That man had no idea he killed himself right there. See? His mouth did. His mouth did. Hey, you let God be God. If whoever He wants... I mean, if you read in Romans 13, you find out whoever's in control who put him in office. God did. That's right. You go out and vote and do your part, but God's going to put whoever in our office. He wants there. You know? Guarantee you. That's what scares me when I think about it. I sat there and watched the a little news the other night, and they're talking about Hillary Clinton going to run for president. I said, that's all we need. Now, guys, women, don't get me wrong. I'm not down on women that no woman should be a president of the United States of America. If we ain't got a decent man, that's just like teaching a Sunday school class, or that's just like preachers. If we ain't got men to do this, then praise God there's a woman out there to do it. But if there's as many men as they are here, and you men won't do what put a woman in there and see what she can do. But no woman should serve ever as the President of the United States of America. It should be godly men, not a woman. You know, women's job. I hate what Hillary said. Oh, you're just a woman at home cooking cookies for your babies. I thought that woman is what's ruling the world. Not women like Hillary Clinton. You know, I'd hate to think after Clinton himself, come on, he'd be proud. I'd hate to think about his wife. To be another one to come right along behind them for another four or eight years. We suffered enough with, the, with that eight with him in there. I mean, godless people. I mean, folks, these people are godless. They don't profess Jesus as Lord. And I'm beginning to wonder if there's any of them up there that professes Jesus as Lord. You know, almost none of them will stand for the Lord Jesus Christ today. That's what's wrong with us. We' like Sandra said being a Christian. And I made a tape. Being a Christian is not for wimps. It's for men and women that know who they are, that want to do something for Jesus. Get out there and stand in the midst of all of it and say, hey, Jesus is the King. There's no other King besides Jesus. And I don't care who you are. If you don't believe in Jesus as the King, I mean, you're going to hell. You know that?
9: What's wrong? Oh, <laughs> Is this on? Yeah, yeah it is now. Yeah. Okay. So going right along with what you said, we, we had um, uh, the Senate just met. And, yep. and you say, you know, do we even have God, godly people in there? It's hard to tell. It is really hard to tell. But one thing that we can do, as it says in James, is you've got to put feet to your face. If, if we sit around and just say, oh, Lord, help us, and you don't call your representatives and tell them what you're thinking and what you expect them to do, then God's going to give you what you want. Yep. You're going to get what you get by just sitting there doing nothing. And God says, get up and do something. You know? And, and, and so we had this vote, and the Senate, the Senate uh, was passing a bill, and they want to get rid of corruption, which is great, but they're trying to throw a little bit of a little amendment in there, a part of it that says, oh, and by the way, we want all these churches and these grassroots organizations, we want to silence them. They're going to have to register with us, and we have to know what they're saying and what they're doing, we've got to shut them up. Why is that? that? That reminds me, and I don't know if you guys remember, I'm not that old, it was in a history book, yeah, yeah. Lyndon Johnson, when he won presidency, there was a lot of churches that did not appreciate his ungodly character, and they said something about it. When he finally did, despite their actions, he became governor, he passed a little bill in there once he got into the, into the government saying the 501c3, you can't say anything against public officials or else we'll shut you down and you, don't have, you can't be a church. I mean, so it's things like that. So, so yeah, so the Senate tried to throw a little bill in there to shut all these other organizations up that want to just get people involved. So what we have to do and what we did when was it Brittany? Um just a few days ago they were they were going to um pass this um these amendments. So amendment twenty um from one of the one of our senators said, we want to scratch that. We're, we're going to take that out of this bill. So yes, we want to get rid of corruption in the government, but no, we're not going to force these different organizations, churches, could be included in these organizations, to report and to to register as lobbyists. So all, all they're trying to do is expand lobbyists to be any any group that's trying to influence the public to make a an influence to their senators and, and the rep- rep- representatives. So anyways, we, what we did was a lot of us called, and unfortunately, I mean, we have two senators in the U.S., right? So we have Cornyn, John Cornyn, and Senator Hutchinson. And so I called John Cornyn's office. I said, are you aware of this, Bill? Well, obviously he's aware of it. Um, what is your position on, on Amendment number 20? And he says, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm co-sponsoring it. So I was like, praise the Lord for, for Senator Cornyn. He co-sponsored the bill that says remove that restriction, Okay, I called Senator Hutchinson's office. What is your position on the bill? Oh, well, I haven't formed an opinion. I'm waiting to hear from more of my constituents. And that's what I thought. <laughs> I didn't say that it," but I said, I said, well, this constituent wants you to vote for that bill because I do not want to be, you know, I don't want to be restricted by the government in my freedom of speech, you know. So, that as a constituent of yours, I'm asking you to uh, support that. Thank you very much. We'll take that into consideration. Well, apparently, a lot of things got pushed through, and I was not expecting that to be voted on until the next day, but they voted on it hours after we had all called, and it passed. So, we we got it. But my point being is that it was close, and we had to call. I had to call my senator to convince her of what I thought was right. So, I'll try not to get into it too much, but I, I was a little surprised that I would have to help my senator form her opinion based on public opinion. And as we, as, as, as men and women of God, then we obviously have to help our, our elected officials to know what they should be doing, what their decisions should be. And, and God is putting us in charge. We're in this country. It's a free country, and we can help form The direction of this country, if we just stand by it and help our representatives by giving them a call whenever these things are up. So please, please, the Lord wants us to put feet to our faith, get involved, pray. That is the most important thing. Second of all, is call your representatives whenever there's something going on and let them know what the Lord wants them to do because obviously they need our help.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, everything's going on. You better stay abreast and you better stay up with what's going on. Go yeah, because if you, don't, if you don't, they're going to take over. But just like this scripture says here, and it's spiritual, one of these spiritual blessings that's become ours, according to Ephesians, is because we have not made Jesus Lord of our life. And when men especially, now I'm, I guess maybe I'm down on you guys today, guys as a, as a whole, because men, even in the church, are not the spiritual authorities or the heads in their home that they need to be. Many of them let their wife run the show. Your wife's not supposed to run the show at home. You are. You know, you're the man. Sure, you can get your wife's input. You can listen to what she has to say. She can say anything she wants to. She can discuss anything, anything. But whenever the decision is to comes to make the final decision. What are we going to do? How are we going to invest our money? What are we going to do? The final decision and everything in the home belongs to the man. He is to make that final decision. He is a spiritual authority that God has placed over, and God holds him, not you women, accountable. You know, you've got, you got a good position there, girl. God's not... If the wrong decision is made, get to who He's going to hold accountable. Your husband. I mean, the Lord at that time, whatever, that man... that I mean, I had an awesome experience with God. I had a man that was sick with a brain tumor. This guy had been a great man of God, been a Sunday school leader, a youth leader for years. And then at about 40 years old, 43, or 45 years old, he met a woman. And she said she was a Christian. And they got married. And she didn't want to go to church, so he quit going to church. In the 10 years they were married, they went to church maybe a half a dozen times. And now then, 10 years later, he's in a hospital... With brain tumors. Well, I go down there and take a day off because he had been a friend of mine. And what I'd learned about God's healing prayer, I thought, I'll get this man healed. I went down there and I spent all day with that man. And I prayed over him. I anointed him with oil. I cast out demons. I did everything I knew to do. On Monday and on Thursday, he died. I mean, I thought, died? He can't. I said, God, I prayed. I did everything. Sunday, I went back down there. Three-hour drive to go to his funeral. God's 55 years old. After his funeral that day on the way home, I said, Now, Lord, i got to know what the deal is here. I said, Lord, you put me in the healing ministry. You're the one that's put me in this. I said, Now, Lord, I went down there and I did everything, everything I knew to do for that man. I said, Lord, we've repented of every sin. I cast out every demon I know and did with all. I prayed over him. I said, God, I want to know what did I do wrong? Lord, what did I do wrong? I had to do something wrong. Lord, please tell me what I did wrong. And nothing. He wouldn't say a word. I prayed that same prayer over for two and a half or three hours. I said, Lord, I'm not going away until you tell me what I did wrong. Finally, after about two and a half or three hours, this is gentle he said, Son, you didn't do anything wrong. said so the problem was his, and he said the answer to your question for his problem is in john fifteen two Well, gee, I didn't have john fifteen two committed to memory back in those days. So I wheeled over to the side of the road, grabbed my Bible, and he said, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and every branch in me that produces no fruit, I cut it off. I thought, God, you really meant what you said exactly, literally? I said, Lord. And then I'm just like Adam. I said, Lord, it was that woman you gave him. She was the one that was at fault. She's the one who got him out of church. She's the one who told me she didn't believe in going to church. She said she believed we could worship God at home. And the Lord said, I didn't put him in charge of the family. I didn't put her in charge of the family. I put him in charge of the family. And I hold him accountable. That man died because he obeyed his wife instead of obeying God's Word. Boy, you talk about getting a revelation right there. I'm telling you, I got a revelation. And I'm telling you, from that day forward in my life. And a lot of people think I may be a little bit of a dictator. But I'm going to tell you, I'm the spiritual head in my house. And when I make a decision, you may not like what I do. Some of the people out there in the ministry center don't like what I do. But let me tell you, as long as God leaves me in charge of that ministry center, the decisions of that ministry center are going to be mine. I ain't listen, I'll ain't i listen to anybody, anything anybody tells me, but the final decision is going to be mine. I'm going to have to stand accountable for it. Now, I may do what you want. You may give your input, and I may do what you want, but I'm still going to be the one that says, okay, we'll do this. I am in agreement. That decision is now mine. Because I realize God put me in charge of a little ministry, and He holds me accountable for that ministry. You yeah. know, just like you guys, all you guys that are married. If you've got a woman, now I'm going to tell you, if you've got a woman that runs the household, I'm going to tell you, you've got a woman that's living in witchcraft. That, the word of God says a woman is, that's not obeying her husband is living in rebellion against her husband and rebellion is his witchcraft before God. Do you know that? If you're a woman, a wife, you need to love and honor your husband. Even worship him. Do you know that? You know God said that? And he says, you know, you women, if you call your husband Lord, I mean, he said that in 1 Peter. You know, if you don't know that, you need to read it. He said, all you daughters that call your husband Lord, he said, if you do that, you're my daughters indeed. Do you want to be God's daughter indeed? Somebody said, I ain't calling. In fact, I had a chairman deacons one night. She was, throwing, she was giving her husband all kinds of problems. And I said, madam you're totally against what God's Word says. I said, you know, instead of, she said, well, what should I be doing? I said, instead of giving him the hard time you're giving him, you ought to walk up to him and say, my Lord. She said, you think I'm going to call him Lord? I said, well, if you don't, woman, you're in direct rebellion to God. Isn't that amazing? People don't believe that. But God's got to hold you and me, Michael, responsible for our hope. Now, we've got to do it in love. But when the final decision made, you say, okay, okay, I've listened. I mean, you can tell me anything you want to, but I'm thinking about everything everybody told me. I think what Susie, Bob, Dan, Jane, everybody said about this decision, okay, now, Lord, give me the authority, give me the wisdom and knowledge I need to make the right decision. And when that decision comes, I okay, this is what we're going to do. And Jane may say, now, that's not what we need to do, Thurman. Totally, I'm totally against that. I said, that's okay. I'm the spiritual authority over the ministry i make the decision. You can put your input in. But this is what we're going to do. Now, if I'm wrong, then I'm, and I have been, then I'm, God's going to hold me accountable. But I'm going to have to make the decision as long as I am the authority. When that man died, when God showed me the reason he died... Because he got out of church and he let his wife do it. He said, and I didn't put her in charge of the family. I put him in charge of the family. And since he didn't do what I said, I took him out. I killed him. I said, okay, God, I'm going to do the best I can to be the man of my house. I am going to be in charge. That's just like one day I walked into my house and there was a woman that was in my house with some children. And I walked in, and they were having a knockdown, down drag out in my house. My kids were little bitties. I was hearing words come out of that woman's mouth. I said, hold it. Stop right there. I said, this has got to stop in my house. You can't do this in my house. Now, this was my wife at the time. It was my wife's sister and her family. I said, you can't do this in my house. My wife at the time said, honey, can I see you in the back room? I said, yes. We went back there in the back bedroom. She said, honey, that's my sister. I said, honey, I don't care who it is. I, have, I, don't, I know it's your sister. I know it's her children. But I said, I am the spiritual authority in this house, and I will not tolerate that kind of nonsense. I will not tolerate profanity. I said, I am the priest, or you might say the king over this house. And I said, I'm right under the king of kings and lord of lords. And I said, so that will not be tolerated in my house. So she said, what if she says she won't stop it? I said, then her her kids are out and they will not be welcome back to my home. I will not tolerate it. So she said, okay. We walked out and I walked up and told them, I said, you know, it's over. There will be no more profanity in my house. None whatsoever. I said, you kids... Y'all, if you all want to use another word of profanity, if you want to scream at each other, you're going to take your mama and your mama, you're going to take them, or get in that car and you go back to Brownwood and go home and they'll never come back to my house until you can change. But I will not tolerate the stuff of the world in my house. And let me tell you, I've never had another problem with that family than that day before. I stopped it right there. You know who God held accountable that day? Me. If I had allowed that to go on, I might not be standing here today preaching the Word of God for you. I Might be dead, the king holds the men accountable. Do you know that your women need to understand it you need to be you need to be compassionate and merciful to your husband. You need to let him make the decisions at home because god's going to make hold him accountable. Some woman says, "Oh, now that I know that, I'm really going to give mine a hard time. Okay, guess who he's going to take out now you. If your husband's doing his best to walk with God, I have seen that too. I've seen that too. But let me tell you, God, you can't fool God. He knows what's going on. And He put the man in charge of the family. And if you don't know your position as a wife to your husband, you're there to be a helpmate to him. You're not there to run the show. You're there to yield to him and the decisions he makes and to be a helpmate to him. I remember one time years ago, uh, Betty and I, when we were married years ago, we went out to uh, some kind of an investment deal. And we sat and listened to this investment deal, and I was going to invest $7,500 in this thing. And I looked at her, and I said, what do you think? See, I didn't know at that time a woman's right and left brain communicates instantly. See, mine don't do that, but hers. I looked at her, and she said, don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. She said, it's not going to be a good investment. I looked at her, and I looked at all this stuff, and I said, I think it'll make us some money. She said, i give you my input. You make the decision. She knew her position. She never said another word. I invested the $7,500. And after I lost it, guess what she said? Nothing. Nothing. I just told her one day after I lost it, I said, well, you were absolutely 100% right. I should have listened to you. She didn't say, yes, you should have. She didn't even say that. She just looked at me and smiled. Uh, Smart woman, you know that? Smart woman. Very smart woman. You know, she knew. She gave me the input. She had the input. She knew what she was supposed to do. And she told me. And she was right. And I was wrong. And it cost me a lot of money. But she didn't come back and throw it in my face later and say, You know, you should have listened to me. That's where a lot of women get in trouble, your husband. You want to turn your husband against you? Start doing that to your husband. You want to be the wife of a happy husband? In fact, I read a book a long time ago. I'm going to find it again one of these days. I walked in a store one day and it said, How to be the wife of a happy husband? And I thought, hmm. I picked that book up and I'm going to read that. I got to check it out and the lady says, ha, I want to ask you a question, sir. I said, Yes, ma'am. She said, why do you want to know how to be the wife of a happy husband? You're a man. I said, that's exactly right. I am a man, and I'm going to find out if this woman knows what she's talking about because I know what it takes to make me happy. And let me tell you, this woman, when she started reading the Word of God, actually, she was a great Christian. Her husband was too. And she was not happy. And he wasn't happy. And so she went to the Lord and begged, "God, Lord... You've got to change my husband. Finally, one day, she said, Lord, I'm going to leave if you don't change my husband, something like that. And the Lord spoke to her and said, your husband's not the problem, you are. That wasn't what she wanted to hear that day. She said, well, what do I need to do? He said, you get in my word and you read and study the entire New Testament and I'll show you in my word what your position is as a wife. And she did, and as she'd run up on one of them places that God had just highlighted for men. She'd underline them places. Finally, she said, you know, I realized I had a lot of things to change. And she said, I started changing them. And she said, lo and behold, when I began to change and do what God told me to do, my husband became the man I always wanted him to be. And she said, I'm now the wife of a very happy husband. And so, I read that book. Ladies, if <clears> the <throat> book still readable? You know, unless your husband is the happiest guy in the world. You know, you ought to read that book. You'll be amazed at what the problems we have in the home. And you don't realize the things you do. And the same thing with us guys. You know, we don't, we, don't, we don't do what we're supposed to do all the time either. Because this book tells us what to do. But when the men and women will learn what their position is and do these things, these mighty spiritual blessings belong to you as sons and daughters of God. Look at what he said there in Romans 10. This spiritual blessing, where is this blessing? In your mouth and where? In your heart. The word of faith that we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, the Father raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved, you'll be healed, you'll be made whole, you'll be delivered, you'll be preserved. All those things are yours. Well, a couple of more places, I want you to turn back to another one of these spiritual blessings. I want you to turn back to Matthew chapter 8. And I want, to, I want to show you a spiritual blessing here that we, we it's so easy how we miss this. Matthew, Matthew 8. And I want to get, when we get to Matthew chapter 8, I want to show you a spiritual blessing. And it, I read this for years and years and years and years and didn't even know that there was a, uh, this was a spiritual blessing. Matthew chapter 8, verse 13. I want you to look at this. I want you to see if you see the spiritual blessing that's in that. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and here it is. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. Think about that spiritual blessing. Jesus said, As you have believed, so shall it be done unto you. You know, I think about the difference in my life today when I've developed the faith, I've developed just like when I prayed for that gentleman, which I can't remember his name, last Tuesday morning. Forty-two years old, been down with his back. I think about how I pray. I can't even remember all the people's backs I prayed for. But now, the what is the difference now and then? Now I believe it's going to happen when I pray. What did the King say? Is that an awesome spiritual blessing? As you have believed, as you have believed. As you have believed, so shall it be done unto you. Well, you're going to pray for somebody, and you think it's going to happen. And you know what most Christians say? Well, I hope it's God's will. You know, I'll I'll pray for you. Maybe He'll do this for you. No. That's not faith. I mean, that's just like you talk about a miracle. I was telling a man the other day about this miracle, and this guy, his skin just cringed, and he began to have big goosebumps. He said, Thurman, I've been in church all my life and I ain't never even heard, never even heard anything like this ever. That I've never seen a miracle in my life. And I just told him about how I took Mark 11:23 the other day and prayed for that Dr. Young out there in Salt Lake City, Utah, laying there on the bed on Sunday night with a crushed back. Crushed. He'd had the MRIs done, confirmed that this doctor has a crushed back and he's laying at home with a crushed back and excruciating pain. And I take Mark eleven twenty three, 23, where Jesus said, Whatever you say with your mouth, if you believe it with your heart, you'll have whatever you say. Isn't that awesome? That's another one of those spiritual blessings. So, when you learn that, I said, in the name of Jesus, my King, He's going to do a completely supernatural healing on your back. And I guarantee He's going to do it in His name of Jesus. What did the King do? Bam, just like that. He instantly healed you. Eldon and Nancy had been to a couple of his meetings since then, and he's still praising God and talking about that wonderful miracle. How do these things happen? How many of these spiritual blessings became yours according to Ephesians 3? How many? He didn't cut you short on nothing, did he, Keith? He gave everything to you. That's kind of hard to grasp, isn't it? Not (laughs) now. But it used to be, didn't it? I mean, you read that and you think, you know, God, you know, God, He wouldn't give me something like that. But what did He say He did? What did He say He gave you, Susan? All All spiritual blessings. Do they belong to you, girl? They They sure. Now, what did you say? Well, I'm not sure. Now, you're not walking where God wants you to walk, are you? You You know, maybe. No, He's a faith God, isn't He? He says, save God. You want to see God do something? That's just like when I prayed for that guy just last week. That 42-year-old guy laying on the bed with excruciating pain. Thomas. I mean, huh? Thomas. Thomas. His name was Thomas? Okay, yeah, sure. She, she's very good at names, praise God. Really good at names. And I'm grateful. That's another reason God gave her to me. You know, because she's my other half. You know, she's got things I don't have. A lot of things I don't have. You know, she can remember so many things. She's a great, great asset to the... I, this morning we were just talking, praising God, about how he put us together as a team. You know, I, I walked her and put my arm around her and told her how much I loved her. And, of course, that magic word that I need every Sunday morning. when, In fact, last night I walk in. She goes an hour and a half before I get ready to go to bed. Last night I'm in her studying. She said, I'm going to the, to the house. I said, okay. Hour and a half later, I walk in the bedroom, and guess what she's doing? She ain't in the bed to sleep. She's in the bathroom in the closet, trying on different outfits for today. <laughs> How does this one look, honey? I said, whoa, that's a knockout. She said, that's what I'm going to wear tomorrow. <laughs> Praise God. Now, see, if I'd have been there an hour and a half early, said that about the first one, see, we wouldn't have had all this. <laughs> She was waiting for that magic word. And, of course, this morning when she gets up and puts this outfit on, soon as she gets up, I said, wow, you're a knockout. She said, you say the magic word. <laughs> she loves to hear me say she's beautiful. That's another thing you guys. You know, you guys, if you're not telling your wife regular she's beautiful, she wants to hear that. That's your wife sitting beside you, sir, you better tell her regular you love her and that she's beautiful. You know that? Amen. You better. Because yeah, she wants to hear that. I don't care who you, how many of you women in here like your husband to tell you you're beautiful? Everyone, don't, if you don't hold up your hand, you're lying.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, I can't believe you girls won't hold your hand up. You know, you know you love for your husband or somebody to tell you you're beautiful, don't you, young lady? In fact, I walked into Walmart the other night at midnight, 1 o'clock, what it was, 2 o'clock, went by there to get a little something I needed. I was working on something. And I walk up to the counter, and nobody in that line, just one girl. And I said, praise the Lord, young lady, I said, how are you doing? Oh, she said, thank you, sir, for that young lady. I said, well, my goodness, you are a young lady, really young. Oh, she said, no, I'm getting so old. I said, are you a Christian? Yes. I said, you go to church? Yes. I said, you know, Jesus said you can have whatever you say with your mouth. She said, well, I guess I didn't know that. I said, so what you're doing, you're saying to your body, I'm old. And I said, you're not old. I said, I'm very young myself.
1: <laughs>
0: I said, I'm just a teenager. But age, you know, I mean, that don't mean anything, but I said, in my flesh, I'm a teenager. I said, I can rest what I'm doing here at 1 o'clock in the morning, getting stuff to work on something. I said, you know, most guys my age went to bed at 9 o'clock, you know, because they know they're old. But I said, I'm young. You know, I am young. And Ty told me the other day, he said, Sermon. You have told your body that so many times, so long, your body really believes it. (laughs) That's what he told me. He said, you can do more than any guy your age I know. Well, hey, what's the secret? The Word of God. Where's the miracle? It's in my mouth and in my heart. The Word of God, which is it? the Word of faith, that if I speak it, these things are mine. And so I said, well, now that you've learned it, I said, by the way, young lady, how old are you? She said, well, I'm thirty-four. And she thought she was old. I said, I'm exactly twice your age. But I said, I'm younger than you are tonight. I said, you need to stop that young lady and you need to start confessing I am young. So I got out of the car and forgot something. I went back in, bought something else. I come back up when I walked up. I said, how are you doing? She said, thank you. I'm a young lady tonight. Hey, the words get through to them, don't it? She's already seeing herself as a young lady. Praise God. But see, you see how the devil deceives us? Yeah. I mean, the devil, that he wants you to think you're old and wore out, you can't do nothing. But yet, Jesus Christ, your Daddy, God, and King of kings, and made you His children, has given you and me everything. And now, not only did He say, as you have believed, so shall it be done unto you. But look right down there at Matthew eight seventeen. That's another spiritual blessing. Look at this blessing. He said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself, Jesus, He took your infirmities and. What? Himself, Jesus, took our infirmities and bare away our sicknesses? Well, now, if Jesus took them and bore them. Then what in the world are you doing with them? I'll tell you why. You know what happens when you sin as a Christian? You know what sin does? It brings forth what? Death. But it doesn't bring it forth instantly. It starts bringing it forth step by step by step. Just like Sandra back there said, she came here, she has cancer. I mean, she's she set up to die. But how many people in the last five years have came through this place or that have been uh, listened to our CDs or DVDs all over this world and that came to death's door? And we taught them about, you've got to stop sinning. You've got to change your ways. You've got to be holy. You've got to walk holy. You've got to be obedient to God's Word. You've got to repent of every sin. And if you will, then when we pray the prayer of faith for you, the King will heal you. And how many people have we seen healed in this ministry? I don't have a clue. I mean, I used to keep count, you know. The first time somebody gets healed, it's real easy to keep count of one. And then when I got a few years into it, when I remember that night I went to a uh, Thanksgiving party, New Year's party, Christmas party, whatever it was that year at the end of the year. Somebody in my Baptist church said, Thurman, what kind of good things has God been doing in your life? They all knew I was a not normal, standard Baptist deacon. They knew I was different. And they said, what kind of good things has God been doing in your life? I said, man, it can't get no better than this. I said, this last year I've seen a half a dozen people healed. Half a dozen in a year. I thought it can't get no better than this. <laughs> Boy, little did I have faith, huh? Now I've seen a half a dozen on one Saturday afternoon at a healing school. More than that, you know. And it's gone into the thousands now of people that's been healed and delivered. The miracles we've seen run into the hundreds now. It's awesome. And who knows what God's going to do this next year? Now, this, look at those. those. Are just two spiritual blessings I want you to think about. So shall it be done to you as you have th- thought, as you say. So if you go around saying, oh, well, I don't believe God can do this. I'm sick. I feel bad. Hey, feeling don't have nothing to do with it. You've got to stand on the Word. Sure, if you go by feeling, you're going to be sick. You're going to be afflicted. The devil's going to come by and put you to the test. You're going to wake up one morning with a pain in your back or your arm or, or something. And then the devil's waiting to see what you're going to say about this. You wake up with a serious pain in your back, and you can't roll over it. Oh, 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 my back's hurting. Oh, my knee's hurting this morning. Oh, honey, you got to pray for me. You pray just like the other day. I forget now what it was. Cheryl had me pray over her. She come wanting me to pray over something. I did. And an hour or two later, she come back and said, You got to pray over me again right there. I just swatted her right there. Before it I said, a Woman, I've prayed for you once it's done in Jesus' name. She goes out the door, and guess what? She's healed. She's healed. I mean, just like the night she come in and wanted to sing, and said, I, I, honey, i got to sing to 1,200
1: people tonight, and I can't talk.
0: You know, now, most people would have thrown me out of the church. I reached up and grabbed my wife around the neck, shook her, her head goes back and forth screaming, come out of her, you demon of hell in the name of Jesus. Now, most people think you lost your man. When I turned her loose, I said, now sing to me, honey. She said, wow, I can talk normal. She went to sing to 1,200 people that night. See, you've got to realize who you're fighting against. And how many spiritual blessings belong to you and me? If all power and all spiritual blessings are given to us and none's given to the devil, then what kind of trouble is the devil in? He's in big trouble, if you believe the Word, right? Hey! You don't have to walk sick. You don't have to walk afflicted. Just like Cheryl that night, she'd come to me. She knew she had to submit to me. I mean, she learned her lesson that night. We was laying there in the bed. Whenever she had that stomach ache and that fire burning in her stomach, prayed for herself for two days, couldn't get healed. Two o'clock in the morning said, honey, you've got to pray for me. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, I've got a fire in my stomach. And said, I can't sleep. I said, well, how long have you had it? Two days. I said, two days? What do you mean, waiting two days? She said, well, I've been praying for myself. I said, don't you know you can't go around God or go around me to get to God? I said, I'm your spiritual head. I said, woman, don't you know that God said you're to submit to me in how many things? So what is it you don't understand about all, wife? I I didn't know this. I said, repent and tell God you're sorry. She said, Lord, we're laying there in the dark. And she's got a fire burning in her. She said, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was sinning. Lord, I repent. And I reached over and laid my hand on her stomach. In the name of Jesus. Bam, just like that, the king instantly healed her. And five minutes later, she's laying over just snoozing, sawing logs. I mean, hey. I mean, was that a true story, honey? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> okay. She was just sleeping then. Okay, I'm,
1: I'm the one that saws logs. <laughs> I'm
0: the one that saws logs. You know, <laughs> I can jiggle her. In fact, I've kept her awake here lately. I mean, sawing logs, you know. So the other night, she said, "Would you please start praying and asking God to not let you snore?" so I can get some sleep. I said, okay, sure. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, every night, the last several nights, I said, Lord, please take away my snoring so I don't snore, so my honey bunny can get some sleep too. And I haven't snored a lick, have I? No, the Lord has done it. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah. I take that back. She says, yeah, there was one day you didn't pray. That night you snored. I'm sorry, Lord. But see, God answers our prayers, doesn't He? I mean, I mean, somebody said, well, good grief, I don't think I could pray about snoring. Well, okay, let him lay there and snore then, you know, if you want to. That's okay. But, you know, God cares about your little things and your big things. Just like Sandra said Well, or whoever it was, they said, Toshiana, yeah, Toshiana, God cares about the little things and the big things. And he's right there with you to take care of all of them, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So don't go out there and think, well, I don't need your help here, God. Just like me landing in that airplane. Okay, Lord, we've got me back. I've got the airport side. I got it now, Lord. Okay. He said, Okay, you got it. Then I go sliding down the runway sideways for a little while. And I said, Lord, I need some help again. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it, was. it was. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> That's why she's all my case all that, honey, pray about everything before we leave, while we're in flight or while we're whatever whatever we're doing, everything. In fact, right after Sheryl and I got married, she asked me a question about three months after it didn't matter what we did, where we went, wherever, I prayed over it. she, she said, Do you pray about everything? I said, Absolutely everything. Everything. Now what did God tell us to pray over? Everything. So what is it you don't understand about everything? So when you try to do it on your own, how much trouble do you get in? A lot. When you ask Him to help you, He will. He is awesome. Isn't He, Keith? Praise God. Wow, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for these beautiful, all these spiritual blessings that You've given us, Lord. We just talked about two of them. Actually, three of them. Salvation, but of course, salvation includes five. And then we talked about two more in the book of Matthew. And, Lord, there's just a couple of the many spiritual blessings you put in this Word, and you put them in here for your children. But you promised us, if we'll just believe, salvation. You promised us, if we'll just believe, healing. In fact, you promised us whatever we say with our mouth, if we can believe it with our heart, we can have that too. So, Lord, I want to thank you for being that great and mighty God. For I know that you reveal these things to your obedient children as we walk in obedience to your Word. Then you open our understanding to these things. Until we make that conscious decision, we're going to walk holy in obedience to your word. You send the spirit of super to blind our mind and our ears so we don't hear and see these things. But Lord, help us to walk holy in obedience to your word so we can see them, so we can be blessed, so we will learn how to talk, we will learn how to walk in the abundance of good health and long life, and you'll meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for this precious, beautiful day. Lord, I thank you for the beautiful rain you sent. But today, Lord, I thank you for that beautiful blue sky up there a while ago and the beauty of this day. And, Lord, thank you that you're our God and our Lord, and we worship you and praise you and thank you. Lord, we want to thank you again for healing Sandra. Lord, we want to thank you for all these wonderful testimonies that we heard today. Lord, Sandra had a critical, and she was dying. But, Lord, now she's healed. And, Lord, now she don't have no cancer. And, Lord, I ask you to maintain her in a place of of relationship with you and a love walk with you so this thing will never come back upon her ever again. She will walk in divine health, and she'll love you and praise you. to be a a wonderful spiritual blessing to other people as she goes. She'll tell people what you did for her. Thank you, Father, for all these testimonies and all the things that you do for us. Help us to be about your business and, Lord, help us to, again, with the rulers, Lord, like James told us, help us to be conscious of this and to call our senators and congressmen and talk to them and tell them what we believe, Lord, about we're sons and daughters of God, and they need to vote according to us and what we believe. So, Lord, help us to believe your word. Well, some of us as Christians don't believe your word. We don't believe what you say in your word. But help us to understand and believe what is written. Lord, I thank you and praise you for this day. Bless us as we go forth this week. And, Lord, for those that want to come back to Bible study Tuesday night, bring them back at 7 o'clock as we study your word again. Lord, thank you for giving us Sunday afternoon and Tuesday night to study your word and see you do the great and wonderful things you do. And we want to just be a blessing to everybody in the body of Christ this week as we go forth. Touch our hearts. Bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.